Good to be with you, it's indisputable. I'm your host Rashad Ritchie and we have Adrian Lawrence breaking down news of the day with me, attorney at law, TYT contributor. Let me take you to my top story. There was a cop who decided to stalk his daughter's boyfriend and kill him. He has finally been convicted has 25 years as his sentence and it took them five times to get it done. Let me bring your attention to this Oklahoma ex-cop who has been sentenced to 25 years for stalking and gunning down his daughter's black boyfriend. A former Tulsa police officer was sentenced to 25 years in prison after being convicted of killing his daughter's boyfriend this happened in 2014, that's the original incident. Despite being convicted of second degree murder, the ex-cop maintains that he is innocent and acted in self-defense. Let's put up a picture of this cop. His name is Shannon Kepler. That's when he was first arrested. Here's what it looked like when he got transported to prison. Okay, that's courtesy of the Oklahoma Department of Corrections. So let me give you some background as to what happened and what he did in order to track down this black male and kill him. The courts found that Kepler took his 18 year old daughter to a homeless shelter a week before the shooting and left her there after taking away her cell phone and leaving her with no change of clothes or money. He then logged into her Facebook where he noticed that she changed her status to in a relationship with Lake, okay? He used his access to the police database to research the young man's criminal history. He planned days after tapping into her social media to confront Mr. Lake at the address he secured from the police database. He put on dark clothes, got into his wife's dark car to go to where Mr. Lake was staying, securing a loaded revolver in the waistband of his pants. It gets deeper. He waited for him. However, after seeing his daughter approaching the young man, he shot twice, hitting Mr. Lake both times in the chest. He then turned and shot in the direction of his daughter, Lake's brother and the third person. There's an argument here and it was reflected in the original charges that he tried to kill more than just the boyfriend. Those charges were dropped because the statute of limitations ran out on them due to how long it took to get a conviction, five trials. Five times. The Associated Press reports that on Friday, January 8th, an Oklahoma federal judge sentenced Shannon Kepler 61 to 300 months in prison, followed by three years of supervised release. Let's put him up next to Jeremy Lake. That's the young man he killed. You see Jeremy Lake, the kid, and you see the killer. You see the monster and you see the young man who had promise, he had life. He had everything in front of him, but this monster stopped it. He was sentenced for using a firearm in the commission 
of second degree murder. A federal jury convicted Kepler in the slaying of Mr. Jeremy Lake. There's more. The US District Judge Gregory Frizzle further ordered the father to pay restitution, to pay for a headstone for Lake, the 19 year old he shot and killed. The 24 year police veteran, remember 24 years, this man went out and committed premeditated murder. The 24 year police veteran said he shot Lake because he felt threatened. Familiar? Believing the teenager had a firearm. He has claimed for eight years his actions were in self defense. However, police were unable to locate a weapon on Lake's person or around the scene of the crime. Witnesses also testified that they did not see the young black man with a gun either. It was purely a premeditated murder and he still gets off lighter than the average person. Kepler would also claim that his daughter had run away from their home on the Muscogee Nation, one of the state's historic Native American reservations and that he was nervous for her because she was at the time living in a bad neighborhood. This story has a lot of twists and turns. He was convicted earlier and then it was overturned. He had to go back to trial, but I wanna say this about the prosecution in this case. They knew he was guilty and they continued to refile and refile and they fought over and over again to finally get a real conviction for this cop who decided to commit murder. Now there was plenty of evidence in his background that did not come to the court case as far as his behavior, his extreme violence, but that would have been prejudicial to the jury. Here's what's ironic, more ironic than the story I just gave you. They were aware, they were aware that this cop had tendencies that were extreme. But he was a 24 year veteran. Now let me bring this back to a policy conversation. You see all of those dings on his record would have been known to you and I. If we had the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act. One of the mandates of that act is to make sure there's a federal database so that we can know the history of these cops. The cops know your history. He went and researched Mr. Lake's history. Why do we not know his history? Attorney, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that this is a reflection of the injustice in the justice system that is largely um, just a reflection of our society. The fact that you have what three hung juries in this case when he was clearly guilty. He did premeditate and plan this crime to take this young man's life and to essentially show up with his gun and instinctively shoot it and claim he felt threatened. It just, it's unfortunate that those juries could not make a decision, but thankfully these prosecutors kept at it and then elevating it to the federal level. And now this man is gonna serve 25 years in prison, which is as far as I'm concerned, the least he should be serving because he committed cold blooded murder. And I also wanna make the observation that this man seems to be an abuser at all levels. Not only is there definitely plenty of indicia of racism here in terms of not liking the black boyfriend more than likely for his existence, but also trying to police his daughter's sexuality or whoever she's involved in. Like racism and sexism go hand in hand, they one with the other. And so this man is truly a reflection of that. Yeah, and keep in mind, he believed he could get away with it and he almost did. It's not that he simply believed he could, he damn near did, he almost did get away with it. 
And that is part of the systemic issue of policing in America. Let me bring your attention to President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris. They are traveling to Georgia today to talk about voting rights. Good, good for them. Should have been talking about it, so there's an emphasis on it. Let me highlight the nuances. Joe Biden plans to use a speech in Georgia on Tuesday to throw his support behind what? Changing the Senate's filibuster rules to allow action on voting rights legislation. Calling it a moment to choose democracy over autocracy. But some civil rights activists proclaiming themselves more interested in action than speeches say they plan to stay away. And some groups are actually protesting the appearance of President Joe Biden. And others are saying, wow, why are you protesting? He said he's going to give you the Voting Rights Act and he's going to dismiss or stand against the filibuster to do it, but he hasn't done it yet. So protesters keep protesting, okay? It has not been signed, sealed, and delivered. There's more. With the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer setting up Martin Luther King Jr. Day as the deadline to either pass voting legislation or consider revising the rules, Biden is expected to evoke the memories of the US Capitol riot a year ago in more forcefully aligning himself with the effort. Now, we've been talking about this for a very long time. We've been talking about not just suspending the filibuster for some things. I advocate to get rid of the whole damn thing altogether. It is rooted in a racist core. It has been utilized to stop progress in this country as it relates to the progress of black people in particular, but disenfranchised groups Connectionally, it has done that in this country. You cannot point to one significant piece of legislation where the filibuster was used. And we all look back and we say, well, I'm so glad we had the filibuster as it relates to progressive policy, okay? Now, there are some moves on the table that President Joe Biden has not made. Let's highlight those. Biden plans to tell his audience the next few days when these bills come to a vote will mark a turning point in this nation. So far, Democrats have been unable to agree among themselves over potential changes to the Senate filibuster rules to allow action on voting rights despite months of private negotiation. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us that Democrats are not even on the same page. You're not going to get Republicans. We don't even have Democrats who are on the same page, shame on them. The John Lewis Voting Rights Act should have been passed, they promised it. They said, if you give us Ossoff and Warnock in these runoffs, we got your back. If you give us Biden, we're going to do it. Has it been done? These debates ignore the most important argument of all. What is that? All of this was considered by the framers in drafting the US Constitution. And the Constitution comes down squarely on one side of the issue. The Constitution is governed by the principle of majority rule. The filibuster, which appears nowhere in the US Constitution, violates that principle. Unfortunately, only the US Senate and not the courts can correct that. So while they continue to hide behind the parliamentarian, which by the way, Republicans don't do. Parliamentarian rules against Republicans, Republicans dismiss them and hire another one. They've already done it twice, okay? 
while they hide behind these rules and procedures, let's be very clear. There are moves on the table in order to push the ultimate agenda. You know, the nuclear option, there are senators that have used that before to get other people through. So let me get this right. We have gone the nuclear option, which is the 51, 51 vote rule for people. I'm talking about cabinet members, Supreme Court justices. We have used that option in the US Senate. We have gone nuclear for people, for a person, for an appointment. But we won't go nuclear for the whole damn country. The math ain't adding up. Attorney, what are your thoughts on this one? I think the reality is that they just won't go nuclear to end white supremacy. Because we all know mm. the filibuster has been a tool of white supremacy and keeping oppression alive. And you know what? It just, I'm tired of the performative antics, the uh, I think we tried kind of thing. It's like there are options out there, as you've noted, that could be taken if they truly wanted to dismantle and to shut this thing down. But the fact is that they don't. So it's my, it's it's just everything we continue to see, they're just jokes and they're playing in our faces. But let's not pretend that if they didn't want it, that it wouldn't be there. I agree 100%. And at some point, Democrats are going to have to learn how to use power. They know how to get it. They don't know how to use it, how to keep it. Republicans on the wrong side of damn near every issue according to Americans. When you go line by line as what as to what Republicans believe in and what those who lean left believe in, Americans are on the side of left-leaning policies top to bottom. But somehow Republicans still have massive power in our political narrative. It's unfortunate, Democrats are gonna have to get on board and actually deliver something or they are going to get whooped in this midterm election and the presidential cycle. Let's highlight a bit of possible bright news. The Fulton County District Attorney, that's in Atlanta, Georgia, Fonnie Willis says they are close to making a decision about if they will prosecute, file formal charges against Donald J. Trump for election tampering in the state of Georgia. If you remember, the prosecutor weighing whether Donald Trump and others committed crimes by trying to pressure Georgia officials to overturn Joe Biden's presidential election victory said a decision on whether to bring charges could come as early as the first half of this year. Let's put up a picture of DA Fonnie Willis. She was recently elected and the case is squarely under her jurisdiction because the phone call was taken in Fulton County. Let me remind you of a snippet of that conversation. Here it is. I just wanna find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Yeah, that was actually an hour long conversation where the President of the United States attempted to coerce, to influence the outcome of the election. Raffensperger continued to push back. We now know that Donald J. Trump actually called other employees of Secretary of State Raffensperger, who works in Georgia as the election chief. So not only did the President contact Raffensperger, he contacted members of his staff directly trying to overturn this election. Now, here's how Georgia law works as it relates to election tampering. There's one law for a regular citizen, meaning a non-civil servant. And then there's another law for individuals who actually work for the government. I'm hoping 
the grand jury that looks at the evidence, I hope they look closely at the statute in Georgia, which deals with the conduct of government officials. Because in the statutory language in the state of Georgia, if you even attempt to impact the outcome of an election, that is a felony if you are a government official. Is Donald Trump a government official? Yes, clearly. Was he a government official at the time? Yes, he's not one today, but he was then. Okay, Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis said in an interview, the Associated Press last week, with the Associated Press last week, that her team is making solid progress. And she's leaning toward asking for a special grand jury with subpoena power to aid the investigation. I believe in 2022, a decision will be made in that case. I certainly think that in the first half of the year, that decision will be made. Quote from DA Willis. Willis declined to speak about the specifics, but she confirmed that the investigation scope includes, but is not limited to, the January 2nd, 2021 call between Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensberger, a November 2020 phone call between Senator Lindsey Graham and Raffensberger, where he tried to influence Raffensberger as well. The abrupt resignation of the US Attorney in Atlanta on January 4th, 2021, and comments made during December 2020, Georgia Legislative Committee hearings on the election. Now, according to legal analysts, this particular case is actually more of a slam dunk than any other case currently against Donald Trump because the statutory language in Georgia is so clear as to what constitutes criminality in this case. But we all know rich white male with political power, they operate differently, right? So we'll see if the DA is able to seek and obtain an indictment. Uh, Attorney, what do you see here? I mean, this is tough for a DA to go against a former president, especially a cat like this, who will try to politicize every moment to make you the villain. But the truth is he did this to himself. Absolutely, you know, and I, although Donald Trump is very slippery, uh, he really seems to have uh, an incredible amount of disdain for actual accountability. I think that, again, this is probably the easiest, best case against him in terms of prosecuting him because what he did was so blatant and egregious and essentially out in the open. And we have so many documented accounts of it that it'd be very difficult to see him essentially walk away without facing any accountability. But then again, if we have a jury and you cannot find you know, enough people to convict him, he could end up walking away again as it is. You know, The fact is that we've seen this man continue to live with impunity and to do whatever he damn well pleases. So even as strong as this case is, I would not be surprised if he again evades accountability. And see, that's the thing right there, because let's say he gets charged, right? There's a formal indictment. A grand jury looks at the evidence, they make the right call. He broke the law, he committed a felony, he gets indicted. Still, at the end of the case, before it concludes, 12 people have to agree, 12 people. And if the jury has nullification to the actual law, if they say, I know he did it, but I don't care. 
Mm-hmm. Guess what? He goes home. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. What's happening? Welcome back. So, funny story. I had somebody call my show, my radio show this morning, and it was a Tea Party Trump supporter. And she said that there's tons of evidence that Donald Trump actually won the election. And when people say that to you, please remind them that the My Pillow guy does not count. Okay? Doesn't count at all. All right, we got a lot of comments. Before I read the comments, Let's go to the reminders, watch list, all right? Watch list, starting January 24th, join the big homie J.R. Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time for the watch list. This is a new 10 week test series on TYT. Find out what stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. So this is how you do it, make sure you watch live. And follow the show, youtube.com forward slash watch list and facebook.com forward slash watch list. All right. Um, tune into Deep Dive with Jordan Yule right after Indisputable, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, that's on Twitch. All right. Real simple, real easy. Twitch.tv forward slash TYT. Deep Dive is a great show as well. Let me read some of these comments. Uh, TYT member Mickey C, the silver haired dragon, why second degree? He dressed for it, brought his gun, stalked the man, then shot uh, twice. Looks like intent to me. First degree premeditated murder. He should have gotten life. Exactly. And that's my point. He still got away light based on what he did. And remember, this is basically a negotiated charge because he got off on this multiple times. I mean, a jury could not look at the evidence and say, well, you know, He did put on dark clothes, he did illegally tap a database. He did look at his daughter's Facebook account. He did go to this person's house. He did get the gun and put it on his waist, Ah, but maybe it was self-defense. Like how does that even happen in a jury? But it did, but big ups to the prosecution who said, "Uh uh-uh, we're gonna try you until we get this conviction. And they did. Lynn, did the ex-cop shave his head before entering prison? To blend in with the other white supremacists, I don't know, but I'm sure he's with the other white supremacists even before he shaved his head. Colorado Blue Blazer, uh, based on Biden's past, he'll give a speech to end the filibuster, then return to Washington and work to pass reform that only allows Republicans to filibuster and prohibit Democrats. <laughs> um, you know, Democrats have a very hard time messaging around the moment. Republicans will take a moment even when it's a bad moment for them. And they will be masterful in how they message and spin outside of that moment. Democrats need to learn the game. Uh, Mickey C the silver hat dragon also says laughing my A off. Trump is too stupid to realize that he didn't need 11,700 votes. Just 6,000 would have given him the win. Um, Tracy Ravenhawk, lock him up. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, make it so. Let's make Trump first in one more thing. Uh, first to be impeached twice in one term, and first president to be convicted and imprisoned. Uh, Twitch, 
Michael Cop 1106 is Mike Pillow's brother. <laughs> the My Pillow guy. I get it. That I see the resemblance actually. Um, starting park racing. Come on, Joe. One time, do something good for Americans. You got to do it, man. Joe, you got to do it. You said you had our back because we had yours. That's what you said. All right. We didn't tell you to say that, Joe. You said it on your own. You're going to have the show. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. That's not where your car goes. Excuse me, do you work here? Yes, this is not where your car goes. Then don't put it in front of my car. Well, don't put it in the middle, don't put it in a parking Get spot. Out of here. Don't Get put it in a park, don't put it back. I am not gonna put it back, I put it here like everybody else. Unreal, you put it back. No. It's right there, it's literally right there. You know what, look at all these other people that do that and you're discriminating against me, move out of my way. It doesn't matter. I'm, do you you don't work here, do you? Yes, I do. I'm trying to make a change. You're gonna you're gonna put this back. You're putting this back. It's you right there. Your- it's right there. I don't care. It's three parking spots away. I don't care. You're putting it back. You son of a bastard, you should die. I hope you die. I hope you get cancer and die. Damn, Karen, he's just trying to make a change. Okay, let me give you some background to this story. So the male that you see in this story, he's actually a prankster. He's a YouTube prankster, but the reaction of the Karen is real. So yes, he is somewhat of a Karen himself, but by intention, right? He's pranking her. Her reaction is 100% real and she wants him to die and even name the specific mode of death by way of cancer actually. Now that's rare. When somebody usually says they want you to die, they don't get into specifics. This Karen did. The man in the in the video is named Kush Daddy. That's his YouTube prankster name, okay? Uh, but the Karen and her reaction is real. Uh, the prank was him um, posing in the form of a grocery cart police guy <laughs> and going to a grocery store parking lot and telling people to put up their carts, okay? Uh, This occurred uh, in November of last year. Um, He has now been banned from that particular grocery store. According to the narrative, uh, the woman is a teacher at a local LA college. Uh, That was just hella funny to me. Adrian. Well, you know, one thing about that whole putting your grocery cart back, that is something that they say is an indicia of someone's character. Essentially yeah, when true. they have the opportunity to act up or to get a pass when no one's watching or to do it because everyone else is doing it, whether they take it or not. And so the fact that she fought him so hard, whereas I would have felt embarrassed and said, you're right and taken it back. But then for her to claim that she want him to die and as you said, point out that she preferred to be done by cancer. <laughs> it just really, it doubles down on the fact that this person is just a disgusting human. Thing. Yeah, it yeah. was quite extreme. And to think she's a college professor somewhere, I'm sure her kids are getting a kick out of it because I'm sure they've seen it. All mm-hmm. right, I got something for you. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. 
Okay, so get off of here. Ma'am, I'm trying to... All righty then, there are a few things here. Number one, the Karen that you see screaming is actually blocking the aisle. It is stopping everyone from progressing in the aisle. Here's a screenshot of that. Her arm is literally stopping everyone else from moving. So what did a passenger do? What anyone else would do, you push beyond her arm and she screamed as if somebody was attacking her. This is why we highlight Karens. Karens can be very dangerous, trying to weaponize their status, privilege, or whatever else they believe they have in order to get you in trouble. Nobody attacked this Karen, her scream was unnecessary. The only aggressor here was the Karen. And then when the employee said, no, you are attacking her, that's what I'm watching, she tells, the employee, you can get off. <laughs> yeah. Adrian? Yeah, you know, it's really nice to see that employee actually step up and yeah. essentially draw the line and speak up. Because what she's doing is basically using her white privilege in that moment to call out the truth. Because you had that Karen in that seat essentially purporting to be the victim when she was really the antagonist. She was really trying to escalate the situation and causing the problem. And so seeing other people do what's right and call it out, that's what we need more of. That And that's why shameless plug. That's why you need to get your anti-Karen shirts right now. Antica United, tyt.com forward slash shop. Is that right? Okay, all right. We got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show. Uh, let me read some of these comments. I will read as many as I can. TYT member V says, I want the shirt that says it gets deeper. I'm waiting for that shirt, Dr. Richie. You see, this is what happens. You put it in the atmosphere just like you've done. And all of a sudden the TYT team starts working on it. So I can't make any promises right now. But if you keep sending messages like that, I promise you, you're gonna go on TYT.com and it'll be there. All right, thank you for that. Make it see the silver hair dragon. Uh, the way that Karen was screeching, I thought she was uh, beaten within an inch of her life. JFC, what would she be like if there was an actual emergency? Loch Ness Monster says, he made her walk five feet and that was the final straw. Talking about the cart Karen, yeah. Uh, E.G., anyone that doesn't put the cart away correctly is an a-hole. Yep, and then when you're confronted about it, just be like, you know what? You know what you write. I need to go ahead and put that up. Um, screaming Karen, uh, Frog Wizard of Prague says, damn, that was a Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween scream. <laughs> Chi Chi Massey, when do we get the double dose Karen shirt? See, look at what y'all are doing. You're creating a monster here, all right? We're gonna go and overload in 2022. 
that may be coming, Chi Chi. Chinook Adventures, the flight attendant looked like she was about ready to scrap. Yeah, the way she turned around and she she kind of had a body position this way, but she was still, you know, that's a classic just in case body stance, okay? Red Shan Dragon, the cart theory is true. Good people who care do put them away. I concur. Jax Drax, some people hate when others tell them to do anything. Only they like to give out commands. Um, yeah. Sarcastic. Excuse me, sarcastic snowflake. The way that lady looked at her, yeah. All right, <clears throat> this is insane, but real. LA cops ignored a robbery because they were playing Pokemon Go. I kid you not. Let me bring your attention to two LAPD officers, they have been fired for ignoring a robbery because they were too busy playing the game Pokemon Go. Uh, Luis Lozano and Eric Mitchell, they are two beat cops with a combined 28 years on the job. They were found through a 2017 investigation to have ignored a commanding officer's request for assistance in handling an in progress robbery. In progress robbery, okay, at a nearby Macy's rather than respond the two left the area in the hopes of capturing Snorlaxes. <laughs> Give me a second, guys. Snorlaxes and Togetics in Pokemon Go. This decision caught by the digital in-car video system called the DICVS dash cam, as well as attempts to lie about their actions ultimately led to the officers firing from the LAPD. Now, let me tell you, this story gets deeper. Let me tell you why I'm highlighting this story. If they will lie about playing Pokemon Go, do you think they will tell the truth about anything else? If you're willing to lie about a Pokemon, I mean, sky's the limit as far as your corruption. You will lie about anything. Reps for Lozano and Mitchell filed petitions seeking to appeal the decision, arguing that the use, get this, that the use of the digital in-car video system as part of the official investigation into their conduct violated protections on private conversations between officers. This appeal was denied on January 7th, giving us an excellent sneak peek at the extreme events as they played out in the police cruiser on that fateful day. For approximately the next 20 minutes, the DICVS, that digital recorder, captured petitioners discussing Pokemon as they drove to different locations where the virtual creatures apparently appeared on their mobile phones. On their way to the Snorlax location, Officer Mitchell alerted Officer Lozano that a Togetic just popped up, noting it was on Crenshaw, just south of 50th. Now, I wanna just say this before I move on with this story. I'm really glad there were no black Pokemons involved because they would have never stopped chasing 
the black Pokemon. It gets deeper after Mitchell apparently caught the Snorlax exclaiming, got him. <laughs> this is a real story. This is not an SNL clip. This is a real story. Petitioners agreed to go to the Togetic and drove off when their car stopped again. The uh, digital recorder has Mitchell saying, don't run away, don't run away. While Officer Lozano described how he buried it and ultra balled the Togetic before announcing, got him. Mitchell advised he was still trying to catch it, adding, holy crap, man. This thing is fighting the crap out of me, talking about a Pokemon, okay? Eventually, Mitchell exclaimed, holy crap, finally, apparently in reference to capturing the Togetic. Now remember, there's somebody getting robbed this whole time, okay? And he remarked, the guys are going to be so jealous, talking about the guys at the precinct. Petitioners then agreed to return to the 7-Eleven where Sergeant Gomez later, later met him to end their watch. On the way, Mitchell remarked, I got you a new Pokemon today, dude. Let's show the uh, let's show the men that were apprehended. <laughs> Listen, you gotta laugh not to cry. Um, this is bad. I mean, literally, this is, okay, let's get serious for a moment. This is taxpayer money being spent on cops who are supposed to actually protect and serve. There's a real crime happening. I'm not talking about somebody jaywalking. Like if there's a robbery, that's a real crime, okay? They're playing freaking Pokemon and proud of it. And then their defense was, well, it was your fault for recording us. Attorney, have you ever? You know what, these officers, it's a damn shame. 28 years combined on yeah. the force, get out of here. You knew that they knew better. And can you imagine essentially how many times they've done this while yes. individuals were actually calling them for help and they're probably making six figures at it. And you know, it's also kind of shocking the fact that they were caught playing Pokemon on this um, you know, uh, audio recording system and they were fired. It's like they would have been better off just shooting a black person and at least they would have kept their jobs. But no, playing Pokemon, that's it. It just, you know what, it speaks to essentially how egregious the system is, how problematic a lot of these individuals on the streets here are. And the fact that we're diverting so many resources that could go toward education or uplifting our society are going to individuals like this who are not helping make it a safer place, especially when it's already pretty safe as it is. You make a great point and it's real, it's reality we live in. They got fired for playing Pokemon, but if they would have just shot a black person, they would still be on the job today. Mm-hmm. And they said something that was telling. They say, you know, the, the guys are gonna be so jealous. Well, they're talking about their colleagues. This yep. is not just them who engage in this kind of conduct while on patrol. Because if it was, they would not have said, "Oh, the guys are going to be so jealous." In a real twist, Kyle Rittenhouse, who gets away with murder, that's my opinion. He gets away with murder. He gets a gun unlawfully. The person that gave him the gun gets charged with the crime. The judge says, "Oh no, no, you didn't have that gun unlawfully. We're going to throw that out." So you would imagine that the person who gave him the gun unlawfully is now 
free. Nope. That man, the man who purchased the AR-15 style rifle for Kyle Rittenhouse has pleaded no contest to reduced charges of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So literally the man who gave Kyle Rittenhouse the gun at the request of Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way, the man who gave him the gun will have more of a penalty than the one who used it to kill people. Dominique Black got the rifle, showed it, showed the image of him doing the whole thing in court, all right? Kenosha County Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder accepted Black's plea deal during a six minute hearing, of course he did. Assistant District Attorney Thomas Binger dropped two felony counts on intent to deliver a dangerous weapon to a minor as part of the deal. So instead, they got the uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor, which is a misdemeanor punishable by up to nine months in jail. But Binger reduced the charge to a non-criminal county ordinance violation. Under the deal, Black will pay a $2,000 fine. Each felony count would have been punishable by up to six years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Black was 18 and dating Rittenhouse's sister when he purchased an AR-15 style rifle for Rittenhouse in May of 2020. Rittenhouse of Antioch, Illinois was 17. Black testified during the trial that he bought the rifle so he and Rittenhouse could target shoot and hunt on a friend's property in Wisconsin. Well, um, Kyle Rittenhouse did some hunting elsewhere. Uh, This is really ironic to me and I'm going to ask you to put on your attorney mind, which you have on all the time, Adrian. How is it that Kyle Rittenhouse, his charges are dismissed for being in unlawful possession, but the guy who gave him the gun, he still pleads to a lesser offense, yes. But why is it that his charges weren't just totally dropped? So now he actually gets a penalty where the killer gets none. Well, because the justice system, it's essentially not very just. Mm-hmm. The fact is when it concerns Mr. Black, they're looking at it as an isolated offense. They're actually doing the analysis that should have been done in Kyle Rittenhouse's case. But since the judge in that case waited until right before the jury deliberated to make the decision on whether possession of that firearm violated the law, then it put essentially the prosecutors in the position that they could not appeal it at that time mm-hmm. to have the appellate court decide whether it was lawful or not. And they just proceeded essentially and leaving the jury without being able to really decide that verdict. And it just, you know, and also too, we have to consider that the judge at least claimed that the that the gun itself did not fall within the purview of certain statutes. But the thing is, it just it shows you how inconsistent things are because just as you'd observe, if Kyle Rittenhouse was a okay with having that gun, then why should this man actually face charges and now a conviction? Yeah, really interesting. Uh, obviously, in my opinion, Kyle Rittenhouse should be locked up for the rest of his life. That's my opinion about the whole thing. Okay, I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. 
Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Yeah, I know, and I got to do what I got to do, which is to highlight you on my what in the red state hell segment. So this particular reporter, as she calls herself, she's an anti-vaxxer. She's also anti-Starbucks and anti-communism, which is interesting because Starbucks is not communistic. It is very profitable. It's called capitalism, while not necessarily taking place in the red state. As she may have been outside of a Starbucks somewhere in San Diego, according to the narrative, the attitude is certainly fitting. Um, let's put up a picture again to make her famous. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the next star reporter, conservative Barbie. That side didn't topple over like she thought it would. All right. <laughs> it's amazing, Adrian, what people are now trying to do to make a name for themselves, posing as a reporter and walking over to a sign to kick it over and then leaving saying, you just gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, and you know what, I really wish the police would do what they gotta do because that's destruction (laughs) of property. That wasn't your property, that was someone else's property. If you take issue with it, oh, that's a you issue. But the fact that these people feel that they can be out here with their brazen disregard and essentially try to regulate our society by just trashing other people's stuff and acting a fool in the process, it just tells you not enough people have been sued, not enough people have been in handcuffs and that their privilege has gone unchecked and it needs to be checked. You know, one of the things we're learning, and you already learned this in law school, is that criminal law and civil law, it is meant, tort law, et cetera, is meant to also curve behavior. So when people see that there's real penalty for what they do, if they commit themselves to usury, if they break contracts, if they break the law, and there's an actual penalty, then what it does in society is that it has the impact of shaping the atmosphere, the behavior around that particular issue. But if they have no penalty, if there's no enforcement, then behavior does not change, correct? Correct, that would be it. And you know, that whole aspect of deterrence, it's such an important thing in our society. But as we've seen with Trump and all these other people acting with impunity because there are no consequences, the fact is that you're not gonna have that deterrent effect. And people are gonna continue to act like this special person is doing here. You know, there are people that got more jail time for running up into a McDonald's after it was closed than running up into the US Capitol and destroying it. Just sit on that. Attorney, how can people follow you and check out your great work? All right, well, you can hit me up on Twitter at Adrian Law, on Instagram at Adrian Lawrence, and you can catch my videos, my segment Overruled on Rebel Headquarters, which is on Facebook as well as YouTube. Always a pleasure, my dear sister. Thank you for joining me on Indisputable. The concept of the Young Turks means the audience 
they are the young Turks. They are the go-getters. They are the ones making the emphatic change happen in their local community. The reality is that we've always, young and the not so young, we've always cared about news. But when you do not see the messengers of the news look like you, when they do not share your experiences, exposures, and environment, and there's a disconnect between you and the news. I lecture in mass communications. One thing I tell all of my students, there is no such thing as non-biased news. It never has been. Non-biased news has always been an illusion. Let's go back to the 60s and 70s, where people would say that was the purity of non-biased news. News has a segment. That segment has a time. That time, you must do your story and be finished. That means the producer, the writer, the orator has to take out what they don't think is important and only leave in what they believe is important. They have a limited time to tell the story. They do not have time to tell everybody's version or everybody's side. And they get to choose the facts that they bring to you as well as the nuance, which really is a word for opinion that they bring to you, the context they bring to you. So we've always had a level of bias in news. Here's the issue. The issue is to not deceive individuals as if you don't have some level of opinion with your news commentary. And that's what TYT has never done. They've always been authentic in their approach to progressive ideology and their news analysis and political breakdown. And I think that's how you actually win the heart and soul of individuals who are consuming information from you because now they see themselves in you.